in my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to run around the house and try and find it um, without waking kids and <laughs> quite an quite a task. Yeah. But here we are. It it can be. Yeah. With me it's just so like trying to keep them out of here while I'm doing this. So <laughs> Yeah. I had to move down to the basement because my girlfriend is watching uh, news and I'm I'm hoping that I'll make an office down here in the basement during this week. We will see how that goes up. Because I desperately need, need one. There's too many distractions up, upstairs. Yeah, I definitely know how that is. Uh, over here in the States, everybody's going on lockdown with this uh, stupid quarantine thing. So uh, I just started working at a new company and... Like the first week I was there, like hardly anybody's there at the office. And then at the end of the week, they say, yeah, here's all the computer equipment. Just take it home and remote in. I was like, okay. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my, uh, I'm working at a brewery and we are shut down as well. That's not exactly work that you can take home with you. So. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I'm, I'm brewing at home. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not that problematic. I can't make a thousand gallons, but <laughs> I can make something. Yeah, that's I'm uh, going to, what I'm are going to try and test some uh, rice malts at home now that I'm free. Yeah, I guess I, you can probably do just a few gallons of it at a time, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of base limitations here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure the uh, the girlfriend wouldn't want you uh, hooking up an entire brewery up in the uh, the kitchen uh, as well. So. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would I, be the dream, but uh, alas. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I tried uh, doing a, a home brew at one point, and it just turned out terrible. I was like, okay, well, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, it's it's more helpful. It's helpful when you have a brewmaster that tells you what's what's going on. <laughs> so I'm I'm getting that's why I took the job basically because I I've learned so much. Just uh, I've I started working in December and I I feel like a ninja now <laughs> when it comes to brewing. <laughs> yeah, you probably pick and up a lot. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially since he's been brewing since. 15 years back or something like that. Oh, yeah. So he's probably got a lot of experience then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not so much experience with uh, this kind of big system that we have, but it, uh, the principles are the same. It's just... Yeah, you're just trying to scale it up. Batches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always that scaling issue that kind of gets in everybody's way. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we technically we could go there and brew if we wanted to, do, but just feel stupid doing doing it. <laughs> Brew, brewmaster, he's like, "Oh, sweet, time off finally." <laughs> We've been brewing not brewing uh, two times a week since December, so he's he's done. <laughs> <laughs> so a nice little break. Yeah. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, we got Alex Utopium on uh, the program here this this week, and 
he's he's a he's an article writing machine. It seems like uh, every time I turn around, he's got some kind of new article up. And uh, one kind of caught my fancy. It was the uh, geocaching as a means of package delivery. Uh, so, Alex, why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Uh, we can start with talking about a little bit what geocaching is because it's not <laughs> it's not a huge hobby, really. Yeah, that is, that right? is definitely true. Um, and it's kind of funny over here in the states, everybody refers to things in Harry Potter terms, and I don't exactly know why. Uh, so when you get really? onto yeah, so when you get onto geocaching sites over here in the United States, they refer to people who don't know about geocaching as muggles, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I it's it's not a huge hobby over here. I'm guessing it's not over at the United States as well. But, but I only know about three persons that has ever done it, including me. <laughs> uh, but it but it's a fun thing. So what you're doing basically doing is you're um, playing treasure treasure hunters, but a little bit more advanced. So you have a you are, you are hiding something, and then you invite people to try and find it. That's the basic gist of it. And then you can make that as advanced and um, hard as you possibly can. And that, that's part of the part of the fun to hide it, hide your little treasure <laughs> as uh, hard as possible. So it's not so easy for the treasure hunters to fi- try and find it. And that's part. Yeah. It's a it's a fun little game that you can play with strangers, basically. Yeah, and by treasures, we're not really talking like anything super expensive. I mean, it could just be like a little slip of paper that says "you win" or something like that on it, right? Yeah, and and, and it can be um, the, the treasure itself can be a uh, a lead to the next cache. So you're just chaining uh, cages around the around town or around your house or your neighborhood. Or, Whatever scale you like to do it. There was one international project in the caging, geo caging in um, community where they are were trying to move uh, a cage all over the all over the world. And they, I'm not sure if it's still going, but it's it went from Europe to United States and then it has traveled across a few states in the United States. So far, as, as far as I know, wow. I'm not hooked up into the community, so to speak. But. So once you find it, uh, it gives you instructions to move it somewhere, right? Wow, that's uh, that's pretty intense. I mean, if you're trying to get it to go worldwide, <laughs> that's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, the uh, geocaching itself, uh, I've, I've read up on it a little bit, and apparently... It's not a really big hobby over here in the United States. Um, well, I think there's like a, a Reddit or some websites devoted to it where you can somebody will post just GPS coordinates and they'll put like a few clues down as to the act, uh, actual location once you get to those GPS coordinates. And so it could be yeah. something as simple as, you know, the top of a fence post um, underneath a, a bench, like in the example in your article that you had, uh, even as 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 mundane as like just taped to the back of a red box, you know, where you go to rent a little DVD and somebody's got something taped to the back and it could be right, the, yep. 
yeah, coordinates to the next thing or whatever the prize is. And it's just, it's really funny to, to read through those threads. And, uh, they always talk about, you know, well, the muggles weren't trying to figure out what I was, uh, what I was trying to do when I was looking behind this machine. <laughs> they thought I was there to service it or something. It's just really funny. Uh, it's like not the first time I've seen things just referred to Harry Potter, uh, Harry, Harry Potter, just in a, in passing. It's really funny. Yeah. And, uh, I, there were, I, I, when I was searching the geocaching main site for caches close to me, I found one in the library and I went there and it's still there. And so it's a, it's hidden inside a book. So someone delivered a book to the library <laughs> that's cut out. And there was uh, um, some clues to another cage inside the library. I never found that because the, the puzzle was a bit too hard for me. And I uh, I was pressed for time, so I didn't <laughs> have all day to figure <laughs> out what was going on there. But it was pretty cool. And there was a, a USB stick that had some people had uploaded uh, selfies. Everybody was found it, had uploaded some selfies to it. <laughs> that's that could be kind of cool. fun yeah exactly it reminded me of uh when i don't i'm not sure how old are you how old are you eric oh i'm uh 40 years old so i'm uh not a You're spring chicken yeah yeah <laughs> um i'm closing in on you i'm 37 yeah right right behind but, me yeah so internet wasn't that advanced when we went to high school <laughs> So what what we did, we were hiding our pirate copy games on on the compact discs in the school library, and then we used that as a like a sharing spot. So we had a, a tiny anonymous box inside the school library where nobody was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we uh, hid the computer computer compact discs there, and when you borrowed it, borrowed it. Uh, went home with it, file uh, copied the game that was on the computer disk, and maybe you added to the stash some games, cool games you had at home. And so that that's kind of a, the idea as well. It's like a sneaker net, right? Yeah. You can share, share data anonymous with other people that know about the, the hidden cache. Yeah, so it's a uh, really reminiscent of the uh, the spycraft uh, dead drop. Is almost what it's like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so that's uh, kind of where we where we kind of enter into it a little bit as uh, liberty minded folks. If we really have to get down to like sending messages to each other, you know, geocaching might just be one of those tactics that we would employ to get some yep. uh, you know information across. Uh, if we can't do it online or through a through a cell phone or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, you can be as anonymous as you want. And um, for agorists, this is a good way to trade with other people. The, the person that you're trading with doesn't know need to know who you are. They just need to know where you have hidden their goods <laughs> that they bought bought from you. So you can uh, find the location, hide something there, and then give your buyer uh, coordinates and instructions on how to find it, just like the geocaching game, but with something you want to sell. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's what kind of really sparked my interest because it was like, I was like, okay, we we don't really have to get too high tech with the uh, you know data encryption and everything. If you still got this means of hiding something in in you know pretty much broad daylight, and yep. uh, and you know like you said, if you got some kind of thing that you're selling and you don't want to be known that you make this stuff, and you got a buyer who's willing to to come and buy stuff from you. You know, and they can leave their payment somewhere else or send it to a cryptocurrency address if that is still available to us. You know what I mean? And then they can just get their goods and nobody will be the wiser. Exactly. Yeah. And even if they caught with get caught with said goods, they can't really roll over on you because they don't know who provided the good. (laughs) No, exactly. And as long as you you're not leaving behind the fingerprints or (laughs) something like that. Uh, and if you dodge all the surveillance cameras and stuff like that, and you can prep a package, a hidden package somewhere weeks in advance. Nobody needs to know who it is. Who put yeah. it there. Yeah, it, you can uh, find out all different kinds of things. Uh, and and this is just a little tip for everybody. Most of those uh, outside security cameras, I, they may have about three days worth of backup to them. <laughs> and that's oh, something really? I, yeah. yeah that's something <laughs> i found out in security it's like it's maybe 72 hours at the most and if nothing happens mm-hmm. in that time it just gets deleted and rolled over to the next thing uh yeah but it makes sense because uh video video graphics are very data intensive takes a lot of space yeah so uh unless they've got like a an entire mainframe server farm right there on site where they can store everything and it doesn't really matter how uh intensive it is as far as uh the size you know you can have you know terabytes and terabytes of stuff and they'll just keep it for weeks on end but um yeah if it's like your regular you know gas station or you know public library yeah chances are may not go more than 72 hours yeah that's pretty cool yeah it's also a pretty good idea just to kind of like uh being hidden but in a group so if the the place is heavily trafficked who's to say which one of those people on the video is the one that dropped it off you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah exactly and and even even if there is some uh, undercover cops or people who don't want to respect your privacy that buys from you you're still getting paid and they can't still can't catch it as long as you keep Using encrypted uh, ways of communication and all that kind of stuff, like Keybase or Telegram or or similar. So you're keeping so many layers of uh, self-defense between you and anybody that's out to get you, so to speak. Yeah, at bare minimum, it makes it really, really difficult, and it's going to be time-consuming. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but as we all know, you know, time equals dis- distance. So I mean, if you can, uh, if if the investigators are coming hot on your heels, and you've given so many of these layers of protection, it gives you enough time to to move, if you had to. But uh, chances are, if it gets too complicated, I know most public servants aren't really guys like, yeah, well, we're never going to find this guy. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just keep pushing the paper up the chain and see if the other agency will do it for us type of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
So the, the reason why I wrote the article on uh, geocaching uh, specifically is because the community is so creative. So there's so much uh, stuff that you can learn from uh, just reading on their subreddits or their their own forums uh, because they want to make it as fun for their for the other players as possible. So their their creativity to just shoot through the roof in how you can hide something in plain sight. Uh, like uh, fake chain link fence posts. <laughs> yeah. So you just add a, a fence post to a chain link and paint it up quite similar to the to the regular chain post and nobody knows and what's what's hidden inside it, right? So you just pop a pop off the top and the, there's some hidden message or uh, some some goods <laughs> inside the chain link post. And people will pass this all day long and not 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 be the wiser. And then someone buys it from you and you just send them the coordinates and they'll find it in under a minute, take it and then leave. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, even just as a, a regular game, uh, the creativity, like you said, uh, goes a long way. Because uh, I, I was watching some of these, uh, there's even entire videos on YouTube about geocaching and everything, and just the the creative yeah, ways, out. yeah, the creative ways that people are coming up with stuff just to hide things in in plain sight. It, it and you even have to stop and think. It was like, man, I probably passed by that same uh, building front, you know, twice a day, every day, and I don't notice that that little box is just hanging out on the outside and it's open, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. As long as it looks like it fits into the environment, the, then it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> like adding adding another box on a telephone pole, or and unless you are a tech, uh, like a technician, phone technician, you wouldn't know what you were looking at. Like it just makes sense to be there, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, and you can see all that kind of equipment on stuff. And then the mo uh, you know, a normal person, if they go by like a, a a power pole, and they see some kind of box hanging off of it, they're not going to go over there and touch it, you know. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, and it, it's it's very it's very easy to install those kind of stuff because you, if you just have a yellow vest on you and, you and a hard hat or something, you look very official, right? Like you're yeah. supposed to be there and you're supposed to drill something up to. to yeah, uh, Mark Dice had a great video uh, a couple of years ago where he just put on a yellow vest and a and a hard hat, and he was directing traffic, and people were obeying him, even though he's you know not a construction worker <laughs> at all. And he was like, oh, that, yeah. yeah, so he's like, well, this is just human psychology, you know. They uh, just assume that I have some kind of authority because I look like I'm an authority, even though I'm not really. And he was just kind of making that that little joke. And then he had another video yep. series where he would just walk through the crosswalk and get people to walk behind him, even though the, uh, you know, the red hand was up telling you not to walk through the crosswalk. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. He said, I look confident and people just follow confidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. So it gets, it, it can get pretty fun. If you have a couple of traffic cones and a, and a yellow vest, I mean, the world is your oyster. So. <laughs> 
uh, a couple of uh, guerrilla gardeners in England are using the same tactics when they are planting out uh, flowers uh, illegally. They also dress up in like, uh, or, uh, they look like they're supposed to be there with uh, gardening gloves and all that. And then they have a wheelbarrow full of uh, soil and plants with them. And like it, it looks, uh, doesn't look so suspicious. Yeah, the they are like uh, planting flowers and like uh, medians on the on the road and that type of stuff, or is it like on curbs and everything? I think I remember seeing something about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they Wherever just... they can find a spot where where plants can stay undisturbed, they are just plopping down there. So they use this anon. As close as possible to official clothing, and then just go to town. Yeah, and then uh, even in England, even though the the entire country is surveilled through video surveillance, even the guy operating the camera is just going to see the vest and everything. And he's just going to think, "Oh well, I guess they got a order to go out there." You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, and he's not going to bother to call it into the agriculture department or whatever they have there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would this guy have a clearance for planting flowers <laughs> over here? Yeah. And even if he didn't, it is like, are, are you really going to call in for a guy who's planting a flower somewhere? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And worst case scenario, you can always like pretend you're stupid if, if uh, someone calls the cops or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I was not supposed to do this. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, planting flowers in the middle of the road is illegal? Huh? What? <laughs> Just play Come dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, play dumb as much as possible. That's another tactic, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so other than the uh, the geocaching, what other articles have you written uh, recently? Um, recently, that's <laughs> that's a... Uh... That's a good. On my personal website, I I'm just it's it's uh, we're closing in on springtime, so I'm prepping my my gardening skills. We moved to a new house uh, from an apartment to a house, finally. So I have a lot of space to grow seedlings and stuff. So I'm I'm prepared for spring as soon as the frost leaves. Yeah. <laughs> slow. I'm, I'll dig up um, both in in our own garden because we have a little garden spot now, which is excellent, and uh, some some places nearby is just ripe for gorilla gardening. So I'm mainly focusing uh, writing stuff in regards to that. Yeah, I think I remember uh, seeing a, a Twitter post where you were like trying to grow avocados. Yep. <laughs> it's it's going well. It's going well. They're they're growing up. All right. Well let's just uh put a pin in that and we'll come right back. Hey y'all, before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called the Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine POV dot porcupinepodcast dot com. All right, now that we've paid some of the bills around here, now back to the interview. Well, that'd be interesting uh, to see. Cause, uh, you're in uh, Sweden right now, or is it Norway? I'm, 
I'm in Norway. Yep. Norway. I'm from okay. Sweden, but I live in Norway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I keep. Uh, <laughs> I've got several people from Scandinavia that uh, I interact with on a regular basis, so it's always kind of hard to keep up with where y'all got where y'all live. So. <laughs> But yeah, just the thought of avocados being grown in Norway is is pretty wild to me. <laughs> oh, I have uh, some bananas growing up too. <laughs> banana trees. Now, now that's a challenge because even here in Louisiana, yeah. we can't get bananas to grow. Like every now and then, you might see like a successful one, but according to the owners, it always takes a lot of work to get that to to produce. Mm. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I'm. I'm not- I had a hard time just getting the, the seeds to sprout. Um, so I had to raise the uh, temperature a little bit in the basement where I'm growing. And man, it's work. But it would be fun if it works. <laughs> you, you, um, you would definitely be the only guy on your block that has bananas, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the dream, right? Yeah, that is the dream. Yeah, because then you have a monopoly on bananas. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the last post I had up on New Libertarian, which is and the web, website address for that is newlibertarian.io, which is Sal Mayweather's uh, project. And the last post I had up there was for incognito mail deliveries, which was in connection with uh, the geocation post I made. Um, where I briefly touch on how on how how free we are on on the internet because we can be as anonymous as we want, but and we can trade digital goods with with each other pretty smoothly and with as few third party parties intervening as possible. But it's not quite the same in the non-digital world, where because the government has our mailboxes like locked down <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure how it works in the United States, but here in Norway, you're not allowed to have anonymous mailboxes. There yeah. are some companies that. Um, gives the service of accepting mail for you and then they stash it for you in a you-specific mailbox, but they're slowly getting shut down and required to ID you for using it. So it's very, know your, know your customer, <laughs> starting to get very know your customer base. And there was like three or four of these services in back home in Sweden that got shut down by the government because they used it for people used it for drugs and other goofy stuff. So like actual free market stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh over here in the States you can get a um a, a PO box. Uh mm-hmm. and the UPS uh ha- has like their little stores and everything open. Um but I think that that's probably KYC'd, uh especially after nine eleven. Um so I can't imagine you just open up a uh, a completely anonymous mailbox. I mean, you might have to have some other kind of address or license or whatever to to get one of those open. I remember mm-hmm. there was a um, a goofy movie back in the '90s called Pump Up the Volume with uh, with Christian Slater, and he had a, a PO box that 
that he was able to open without any kind of KYC. So, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. it was just, you watch that movie today and you're looking, I was like, Oh yeah. I remember when we used to be able to do stuff, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you get sad yeah, all of a sudden. It's like, Oh man, I can't smoke on airplanes anymore. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, anonymity is very important, the privacy and all that. So it's, and the government knows that if they allow people to trade as as they please, they will get shut out. Of, they will get out of the loop, so to speak, when it comes to tax collect tax collection and their regulations on white hat companies is just going to look silly because everybody can just sidestep them. So mail deliveries has been cracked on. Anonymous mail deliveries have been cracked on hard. Yeah, it's a uh, it's disheartening because you know you should be able to send whatever you want through <laughs> through the mail to to get it delivered somewhere else, and you know it's not really anybody's business. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. if you have a package going through that obviously smells like gasoline or some other kind of chemical, <laughs> hmm. yeah, that might be a problem. Uh, yep. But, you know, maybe you add like an extra, you know, 15 bucks of delivery charge on top of it. It's like, yeah, this is hazardous. We, we're going to take some uh, extra cash from you in order to do that. But yeah, everybody like even sending, uh, cause I used to do this thing where if I got junk mail, I would send back all of the junk mail to the people who send it to me, plus some steel washers just to make it really, really expensive for them. Cause they all had business reply mail on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even do that anymore. So <laughs> at oh, least now, yeah, at least that was, I was like, yeah, we can't send this. I was like, why? <laughs> you know? I was uh, researching this week, how to send uh, tobacco and uh, alcohol to the United States, because I'm, I have a few projects going on. Yeah. One of them is I want to learn how to grow and roll cigars. <laughs> Yes. I, I had a successful cigarette business last last year with a, uh, a couple of friends. But I want to do, do trade out solo this year and cigars uh, seem fitting. My problem is that I <laughs> to, to get into the United States where most of my online friends are it's a lot of work, man. especially beer, <laughs> especially oh, yeah. any alcohol. alcohol. Uh, the tobacco is a little more it's easier, especially if you brand it in such a way that it can't be mistaken for Cuban cigars or other places with trade restrictions. Yeah, that, that can get real dicey real quick, especially with the alcohol. Yeah. And I, I learned that you uh, there is a federal law against federal the federal uh, mail delivery service yeah, that you have are not allowed to carry alcohol. That was wild. <laughs> yeah, it's but a- I, I found I found one of the beer forums. They had some uh, creative ways to <laughs> sidestep that. 
So you, if you label it as not an not a beer or spirit or wine and just live yeast sample, then <laughs> and just a hope, then it might not get stopped. Yeah, I think I had heard if you also send it, but you're listing the contents as kombucha. Sometimes they won't won't check it, even though kombucha oh, really? itself is a little <laughs> bit alcoholic. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so more than one zero point one percent. Yeah, it's and, ferment, ferment, fermented, fermented, uh, fermented drink. Yeah, I would, I would, I could imagine that the uh, tobacco, or at least the cigars, you might be able to disguise it anything because I mean they really don't weigh a whole lot. Nope. But if you're trying to send it in bulk, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anytime you're you know dealing with the uh, with the feds on any of that stuff, I mean you just have to mess up one time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, then they just want yeah, to come down. Yeah, or the poor, or the poor person who I sent it to gets slammed with some taxes or some tobacco taxes. Yeah, and there's a uh, there's even some poor saps that'll go out and buy like a 1985 Land Rover from England that they'll have it shipped over, and uh, once mm-hmm. the feds find out about it, then they'll take a video of them destroying the vehicle, even though it's in you know perfect working condition. Just because it doesn't meet some kind of stupid emissions uh, standard. Oh man! <laughs> or it's yeah, the the sheet metal is like very very thin. It's like it, it's not about that. It's because the person wanted that vehicle. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a pretty much the same thing. I mean, if it's bare minimum, it's going to get taken from you. You're going to have to pay a hefty fine. Uh, but but I guess in some cases, like a, in dealing with alcohol and tobacco, yeah, uh, I you know I. Might be spending some little bit of time uh, locked up in the Gray Bar Hotel. You know what I mean? Yep. But <clears throat> I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true agorist. It's like, yeah, I okay, think, yeah. <laughs> I think the success rate should be high, especially on the on the cigars. Yeah, I'm not. I was gonna, I was just gonna say, yeah, with the cigars, you probably have a little bit more success rate. I mean, they're not that heavy. And I don't think he'll be sending thousands of them in a in a wooden crate. I don't think. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. the first if 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 I succeed in growing these uh, exotic uh, tobacco plants, uh, because I bought some uh, cool seeds from Victory Seed, they had some really nice uh, tobacco varieties from Dominic- Dominican Republic and. I think uh, Tennessee. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, but it's like gold and silver and banana leaves and stuff like that. Yeah. So if I get them to grow, then I will make sure to send as many of them as possible to to friend friends, podcasting friends in the United States, just as a Test test run, and then <laughs> in 2021, then I hope hopefully have a lineup. Yep, just uh, keep your uh, crypto addresses open, I guess. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just say it's like, look, you know, you can buy ten of them. I'll th- I'll throw in one for free. <laughs> that type yep. of stuff. Yeah, that type of stuff. Yeah, but but, uh, it's, but it's, uh, it's quite 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 sad. That's, there, there is 
there's so much border control is, and with the coronavirus and uh, right wing, <laughs> the rise of the right wing, the borders just get tighter and tighter. Yeah. Yeah, it gets really funny, uh, especially with all this uh, coronavirus thing popping up. And now everyone's talking about, oh, well, you know, you have to stay home. And then you'll hear some people's like, yeah, we need to send police officers out to stop you if you're going out in public somewhere to ask why you're going out in public. I was like, oh, man, you guys really need to say your stuff out loud <laughs> instead of posting it on Twitter <laughs> or whatever. So you can literally yeah. <laughs> hear what you're saying. And it, it gets really funny when the right wing starts talking about closing up the borders and to my knowledge, the only people who really had closed borders were communists. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the, the horseshoe <laughs> bent, <laughs> bent over. Yeah, uh, yeah we, have, we have something like that here too. You're supposed to self-quarantine if you suspect that you have, have the virus or if you have symptoms of the virus. And it's pretty free right now. Except if you have a business, then, then they, they can immediately shut you down. Yeah. All the bars yeah. got all the bars and alcohol serving got shut down yesterday. They had it open for up to nine o'clock in the evening, and then they yesterday they decided to shut it down. The restaurants can still have open, but they can't serve alcohol like that. The reason people go out, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's like all right we'll be open to the public where we'll have people serving you food that you're going to ingest into your mouth but we're not going to let you drink while you're there yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so dumb. Make sense. yeah the another one that didn't make sense was the uh little infographic i saw on somebody's tv it said uh you know one hundred thousand dollar fine or jail time if you violate curfew and we're like so you want people mm. to stay away from other people because of a virus, but if we catch you out in public, we're going to stick you in a very confined space with other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. It's like, uh, if, you, if you break this quarantine and the police catches you doing it, then they will fine you heavily here too. And we have this nice system that you can deny the, uh, the fine and get imprisoned instead for the time. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, over here it's uh, you can deny the fine all you want, but you know, <laughs> they're still going to come after you. Anyway? <laughs> I was like, oh well, yeah. you don't agree. Well, you know, too bad. <laughs> that bill's still coming to your house, and then if you mm -hmm. don't pay it, we'll just you know garnish your wages. <laughs> yeah, they always get theirs uh, somehow, some way. It's uh, really funny. But uh, speaking of that, in, no in Norway, are they uh, issuing out uh, checks to people? <laughs> you know, just free helicopter yeah. money. They we we have they are using the social security uh, system to they don't cut checks and then send mail it to you here. You have to register at the unemployment office. Oh, okay. That your business is shut down by the government, and then they will pay your salary. And they have changed this so much. I'm not sure. I think the last bid on it was that the government will pay you 80% of your regular salary if your business is shut down. But they have changed it like three, four times already. <laughs> how, they, how they're going to do it. I'm not sure. I have to 
<laughs> and I'm so tired of reading news all the time because it's so depressing. <laughs> so I'm not sure that that's uh, the late, latest bit even. Yeah, it, but yeah, they're, they're not. They're cutting checks for companies, and they are using the unemployment office to give money to people. They're, I'm not sure if they're printing new money or not. That will probably come. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Over here, that's like uh, they're going to cut a check, but it's going to be like eleven hundred and sixty dollars. I think was the total amount. So after they take the mm -hmm. income tax out of it, you'll get an even one thousand dollars <laughs> mm. that you'll still have to report at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Wait, isn't this thousand dollars already mine? You're just giving it back to me?" And yeah, I like, yeah. I was like, "No, no, no, no. We're still taking some of it." And I was like, "Oh my god!" It was, but uh, they are they are they are using a crisis package. Yeah, emergency budget kind of thing. Yeah, emergency budget. Let, let's just end the war in Afghanistan. That'll free up a quite a ton of that emergency budget, I would imagine. But yeah, yeah, Norway is part of NATO, so everything that the United States do, with NATO, uh, Norwegian troops has to <laughs> go along with. <laughs> yeah, that was we a... bombed. We bombed Libya for a year, and the public here in Norway didn't even know it. And I thought it was a very frustrating time to be an anti-war activist back then. <laughs> like, dude, why are we here? That's like, look, Libya is right here on the map, and here is Norway on the map. There is no possible way. <laughs> yeah, we're only here because the United States want, want to do it. And then when you dig a little bit deep, deeper, it's like, no, it's because Hillary Clinton wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it gets pretty silly. I was a uh, there's a there's a YouTube channel that has like combat footage from overseas, and uh, mm -hmm. I remember one they had uh, it was like U.S. special forces being backed up by Canadian special forces, and uh, I think it was another European country that was over there. It might have been Germany or or uh, Denmark or something. And you're like going, why? Why are all these people here? <sighs> it's not even necessary. It was so funny. I don't. This is uh, quite a few years back, but uh, Norwegian Norwegian troops was uh, was in a firefight in Afghanistan. Right. And uh, journalists uh, talked talk with politicians, and the politicians didn't even know they had troops there. <laughs> Man, talk about. And they're like, why, why, why is uh, Norwegian troops shooting? Uh, uh, returning fire in Afghanistan and stuff like that. We have troops there. <laughs> Are you serious? It's like, yeah, just, talk uh, about the right hand the not knowing what the left hand is doing. Jeez. Yeah, the defense minister had to patch up uh, and patch up the propaganda holes and like inform people that the, they only returned fire and they got attacked by someone. And they <laughs> had to do it to defend themselves. Yeah. Like in Afghanistan. Really, they have to defend themselves in Afghanistan. Yeah. And the, all the ads for the Norwegian army after that was like, we have an army because we don't want something to happen to Norway, and we don't wish something to happen to Norway. We only want to protect the Norwegian borders. And like, there was like full-on propaganda, like bird this stuff, <laughs> as deep as possible. Get it out of the people's mind that Norwegians are in Afghanistan. Just remove it. 
but uh, for Swedish, the Swedish military is even kind of worse in a way mm. because Sweden is not part of NATO, which is very advantageous, believe it or not, to the United States and uh, NATO because yeah. if you're not a membership country, you don't have to report what you're doing in war zones to NATO. So they are sending in Swedish uh, specialist uh, units first. I think, I'm not sure about Iraq, but in Afghanistan, they send in Swedish specialist forces first. Yeah. Because to to uh, recognize uh, BCOG and to establish a base. <laughs> and nobody knows what, what the specialist forces did or... They could have killed a lot of people. <laughs> they they could have done something peacefully. We know we will never know. Yeah, no no record keeping. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that, <laughs> yeah, so when you looking through all this stuff and uh, you just kind of realize how everything is all kind of interconnected, and then you uh, come back to mm-hmm. it and it's like, man, it, and all of this was because a couple of planes got flown into some buildings in New York City. Which New York City, the last time I checked, is nowhere in Scandinavia or any other European country, you know. It's, no. But it's like, oh well, we got to answer the call. Yeah. And uh, you get a lot of strange bedfellows through through this, like Turkey and Israel. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Israel is not a popular country in uh, mainstream Norway at all. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> and uh, Turkey is not so unpopular, but still, still pretty sketchy to be a friend with, right? Yeah. Well, probably because the uh, the Israel lobby doesn't uh, throw the Norwegian uh, ministry like millions of dollars every year, you know, in propaganda funds, like they do over here in the United States. I mean, uh. <laughs> It was one day I was driving through town and somebody had a United States Marine Corps flag and an Israeli flag on the same house. And I'm like going, oh, wow. (laughs) The cognitive dissonance that is going on in that guy right there. Yeah. Uh, We we have a strong... um, The Labor Labor Party in... Labor Party, actually, in Scandinavia has a strong... Long history of... uh, criticizing Israel. So and they are the basically the mainstream. So when when the, there was a tennis famous tennis match where some Israeli guy was invited to Stockholm to play some Stockholm Open or something. I don't know. I'm not a tennis guy. <laughs> uh, the the Labour Party officials were pro- protesting that Israel got to be there. Israeli delegates has got to be there in their vicinity and it was yes it's crazy <laughs> yeah okay. How, yeah it's, it's pretty good it's one of the few things i agree with the social democrats on <laughs> <laughs> that's the like critique of israel it's like oh you guys kind of know that it's uh basically an apartheid state and there's open air concentration camps going on Fantastic. Yeah, and you're bulldozing homes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, and you know that the, quote, settlements are anything but, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that I guess that would be kind of refreshing because if I even broached that subject in any like even just in a trying to normie uh sensitized version forum, it's it's automatically oh well I'm looking for Nazi tattoos on you. And I was like, okay, no no no. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm not like that. I'm just this calling is, this out is the paradox of that. Uh, the paradox of the Scandinavian left. <laughs> it's they have they are right on some stuff and they are terribly wrong on most stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to put it very diplomatically. We have uh, VAT uh, in Scandinavia. Yeah, the value added everything tax. You, yeah, on everything you buy. So if I go to the uh, grocery store and I, I pay, I think it's 25, depends on what you buy, some, somewhere between 15 and 25% tax on everything I buy. Right. And the only ones who wanted to remove this when it was implemented, because it was supposed to be, be there just for a few years as an after World War II thing to recover the economy and fill up the state coffers so they can have continue on with the welfare state. And then it never left. <laughs> and it only increased. Uh, I'm shocked. Uh, the government program wasn't temporary. <laughs> yeah. And the only ones who was against this uh, VAT was uh, the communists. Because they understood that it would hit the proletarians the most. Yeah. Because they were the only ones going to, who, is go who was going to pay it. Because for the... For the... For the store owner and for the producer, it was a, a cost that they could add to the price, right? Yeah, they, they so weren't going to pay it at all. Same amount. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> Sorry, my little three-year-old just busted in here. Yeah, no, no, take care of <laughs> take care of the beer. Okay, I think she went away. <laughs> that's that's not the first time she has busted up on a podcast of mine, so. <laughs> oh yeah, she's famous now. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, I mean, she literally got like right up on the microphone with me in Car Camp it on one of my episodes right before Childerberg, the first one. And I was oh, like, cool. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just leaving that in. But <laughs> yeah. So, are you going to Childerberg this year? Yeah, uh, I'll be at Childerberg Dose uh, this time, and. Um, I'll, I'll also go to the national convention since it'll be right over there. Uh, I'm not a delegate oh, yeah. this time. I was a delegate the, at the last one. And I was like, okay, you know, I missed so much stuff because everything was happening while I was on the floor voting on stuff. So, mm. but it'll be kind of fun. I, I had planned to, I had planned to go, but my girlfriend got pregnant. So it would be very unwise of me to go. I can still go, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally understand that. Especially if the, uh, the girlfriend is preggers. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of want to yeah. stay, stay nearby. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, it's bad timing. I was uh, looking forward to going. <laughs> yeah. The first one was, uh, was really fun. We had about, I don't know, 20, 30 people out there and, uh, got a whole bunch of drinking in us. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one episode I did with uh, Mr. Sue while I was right there uh, at Childerberg, uh, Unreal Ada Adams came up and started ranting behind me. <laughs> and it, it's really funny because uh, later on she was like, I don't even remember doing that. I was like, and if you hadn't recorded it, I wouldn't have believed you. 
<laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Which episode uh, is this? Do you remember? Oh, it was, man, maybe back in the 70s or 80s. But uh, yeah, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I might post that one again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, it was really funny. I just kind of like cut it out right at the beginning and just put post it at the end as a outtake. <laughs> Along with me trying Sounds to get like, a, a uh, soundtrack from Mr. Sue and he just belched right into the microphone. I was like, all right, I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, so, we had, yeah, it was quite the group out there. So yeah, if you're planning on making the second one, definitely, definitely think about it. Yeah, I I was, but I, <laughs> stuff happened. Life happened. Yeah, life. I will see if I can. Uh, I, I will see if I can uh, grab a future one. Yeah, we're uh, definitely planning on doing a, a second one and a third one and a fourth one. That's uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so I I, I think if uh, you, you can't make the warm. second one, you'll you'll definitely make the third or the fourth one for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we're just trying to get this to be as big as uh, Pork Fest up in uh, New Hampshire. So, uh, at least that's the goal. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, because that's one, that's the largest uh, libertarian gathering, isn't, isn't um, it? Yeah, I think that it's. I think they're either uh, the the largest, and then there's one that happens in Michigan every year that's also pretty uh, pretty well attended as well. Mm-hmm. But Pork Fest, I, may, I think maybe, you know, like a few hundred more attendees. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. Yeah. But yeah, if we can get one I mean, going on in the South that's that big as well, it would just be awesome. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, I think that's a good place to cut it for this time. And we'll definitely have to have you back on for uh, something else. But uh, Alex, why don't yeah. you go ahead and uh, drop all your plugs right here and I'll direct everybody over your way. So you can follow me on Twitter, where I'm at Utopian Tinker, and you can follow me on Float, which is a great app that I really enjoy. And my name over there is uh, <laughs> something. Yes. <laughs> Real at real utopium on float, and I am on Keybase since a few days ago, uh, where I'm just called Utopium. Nice. Please, please follow me there. Uh, if shout out to Sal and NewLibertarian.io and AgorismNexus.com. Yeah, both of which uh, are good resources. Very good resources and. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Harding and Lily Forrester started writing for them, so that's that's, that's going to be exciting. Already My is. Personal... You mentioned Jeremiah, so. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's, and, uh, he's a fun guy. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a bit, <laughs> but a bit wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, if you want to follow how my summer cigar project is going you can follow that on my blog which is utopian.blog which is the same name I'm using on Instagram which I never use <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's about it for plugs I think 
All right. Well, not a problem because if uh, people can't uh, decipher the uh, the 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 accent, I'll, it'll be all linked down below in the show notes. But uh, I'll. <laughs> yeah. So, but other than that, uh, Alex, have yourself a great. Uh, I I don't know. Rest of the morning. What? <laughs> I'm pretty pretty sure it's like very very late or early early in the morning. One of the two. Twelve a.m. Actually. Oh yeah, so definitely have a good morning. <laughs> oh, thanks. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get back to it. All right, and there he goes, Alex Utopium. Everybody, that was a great interview. Uh, so glad that he is over there in Norway, doing what he can to spread the message of liberty over there as well. Um, but guess what, guys? Uh, if you couldn't really get through his accent at all, and I know that that can be tough for some of us out there, but I'll have all of his uh, links down there in the show notes, as well as my links down in the show notes. So if you want to support the show, please do. I've got Patreon, Subscribestar, Float, just like he said, uh, Keybase. It might be there by the time this episode comes out. I don't know. Check the show notes. Uh, even if you want to get a t-shirt or a coffee mug to help spread the word, uh, put a couple of coins in my pocket to help uh, advertise the show. Uh, teespring.com is all in there as well. Uh, I do have a PayPal. And guess what, guys? If you go to the YouTube or on my Twitter, you can actually tip me in BAT, which I can convert. Uh, if you want a shout-out on the show, just let me know. And uh, also, if you want another kind of shout-out on the show, I have a messages thing on the Anchor app that you can uh, leave a voicemail for me. Or if you can just uh, do like Alex did and send me the old email to rebel with a cause podcast at protonmail.com. That's a lot of letters to type all in a row. Anyways, guys, that's it for this week. Come back next week for a brand new episode. I might have a new interview. Might be a solo episode. I don't know how these are shaking out. Coronavirus has got us all staying indoors and not wanting to talk to people. But uh, until next week, out. Out.